this period of time with the morning um, meditation uh, instructions. There are two or three people just to mention who are leaving in the next day or two. Um, One to give support to uh, an aging uh, sick parent and uh, others other family reasons uh, there so there may be two or three spaces just to let you know they're not running away they informed us some days ago managers and teachers uh, uh, know let me speak to you about uh, the instructions uh, here for you so at the back because I don't raise the voice you may have to come and sit closer and I'm sitting as close as I can to the microphone without thinking it's an ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So your base one, of course. (laughs) Um, With the uh, instructions and the day, there is the fullness of the day. It can be uh, useful to conceive of the day in two primary ways. One is the form and one is the formless. And I'd like to speak to you for a few moments about uh, uh, each. It is a quiet uh, discipline to be committed to the fullness of the day with the form. And, of course, there are the four primary forms which take place. Sitting, walking, standing and reclining. The period of time in the hall, of course, is the whole sangha of us uh, engaged with the sitting form. It does require a little bit more reliance and commitment from oneself with the standing and walking form. It is very, very easy to kind of drift around, wandering, lying around, going to the room... Uh, looking at one's features uh, in the mirror and more uh, beside. Our suggestion and our encouragement uh, here, and if you haven't done it already, and some of you haven't, that the encouragement is, if it is a walking meditation time, to really say, right, today, with these forms, primarily sitting, walking and uh, standing, I'm really going to be fully committed, totally committed to each one of these forms. I'm really going to make it a practice. No more drifting, no more wandering around, no more spacing out. I've got a day as if it's the last day of my life and I'm going to be really fully dedicated. When it's time to sit, to sit. It may be that, and your freedom obviously, to come in earlier. It may be that the sitting is well established for you and you wish to sit longer. Feel free, of course. But when you do make the change in the posture, from the moment that you stand up, the walking meditation at this point begins. You leave like an angel. You leave graciously so as not to disturb anyone else in the hall who is sitting. You walk outside... You find uh, uh, the spot for your walking meditation. Slow, the heel of one foot hardly goes in front of the toes of the other. 
one is really slowing down the whole being to really experience intimately and closely the walking and it's you know, a quiet dedication to walking up and down the mind might go through a dance about it why am I doing it, what benefit I'm getting it's a little bit like getting on a bicycle uh, as a, a two-wheeler as a child and falling off, oh I can't do it walking meditation in the very slow walking meditation it slows down the whole being it gives an opportunity for the energies to flow more freely and just to keep quietly steady with it and the benefits then begin to come and as the Buddha commented before his uh, awakening in the walking meditation that he was doing in the forest he said fear and terror was arising inside of him and he walked up and down until he walked completely through it and that fear and terror probably doesn't say but probably because hearing tigers nearby there are no tigers around here there are a few sharks called the teachers but but it's well worthwhile making the walking meditation a dedication in itself if you haven't yet done it be honest with yourself if you haven't yet done it haven't given a full 45 minutes or half an hour to slow mindful walking up and down today's your day really find out what this experience is it hasn't been in the tradition for two and a half thousand years for nothing it's a very profound meditation it's as deep a meditation as sitting meditation and the same with the standing meditation and each day one of the uh, teachers kindly as you know is in here at uh, 12 o'clock and again freedom of the choice here to be in here or elsewhere of course we know it can take a little while for the knees and back to adjust and you may need to bend the body a little bit you may need to stretch the legs a little bit but one can get into the rhythm of the standing quite well and easy if I may say it's a small point if I may say as a monk um, each day after the late morning uh, food in the monastery uh, I stood probably over about a two year period under the same tree every day uh, except in the monsoon from 12 till 3 three hours a day nothing impressive at all the body itself can just settle into that tall uprightness standing with the sangha of the trees and really being tall and feeling one's own rooted groundedness uh, with the earth it is a practice one might start for 5 or 10 minutes extend it a little bit to 20 minutes to half an hour to 45 minutes and, and further and to really experience this <coughs> and the great thing with these kind of practices they really are suitable for the daily life there are plenty of times in the daily life when we are standing standing waiting for the friend for the coffee who doesn't turn up and uh, 
uh, standing waiting for the British train that also doesn't turn up or whatever it might be and just say, right, this is a standing meditation time it's not in a time for restlessness, for agitation for being impatient this is the practice time and that's similar principle uh, with uh, walking and sitting wherever we may be and we'll feel and get the benefits uh, uh, of, uh, of that if, to take one at a time for a moment in the sitting uh, practice uh, there the observing, the mindfulness of one aspect, just one small aspect here is being mindful in this case initially of the breath I would say with regard to the breath it is an anchor meditation and what I mean by that if you experience some doubts oh, shall I be with the breath or shall I be with the body or shall I be with the feeling experience or just sit and be open and aware if there is any confusion about what do I do any, at any time with these formal periods please please go right back to the breath do not indulge in the thinking about what I should do so there is a quiet return to the breath breathe in and breathe out if the mind is wandering too much I would suggest just making the breath a little longer and deeper you feel the expansion of your life the being with the cells you breathe out, you feel the relaxation of it, you breathe in deep again, very uh, very quietly because if you're making breathing noises others sitting nearby you may not find it so entertaining so breathe in and breathe out and feel the life and the oxygen going into the cells with plenty of relaxation on the outgoing breath quite often in the mindfulness of breathing practice there is more possibility of the mind wandering on the out breath a little extra care with the out breath a little bit more possibility when you breathe out the body may not need air immediately it takes a little steadiness of from the out breath being steady and patiently waiting for the body when it needs the air to draw in the air and be with that experience so there is mindfulness of but it is also in all the postures accompanied it goes with the experience of seeing the beginning the middle and the end this is critically important so there's the experience whatever it might be and you are mindful of the beginning middle and end so with the breath as an example there is the beginning of the breath you're mindful this is the beginning inhaling there is the middle the air is in the body there is the end the air is going out of the body and the reason for staying in touch with the beginning, middle and end because everything and everyone is in a process of life which has to it a beginning, a middle and an end 
and every issue we have in life and our relationship to it is about our relationship to what starts what stays and what finishes one cannot think of a problem in life which is not about either something starting staying or finishing or something not starting and not staying and not finishing every one of them so our experience we walk into the hall and we sit the sitting has a start the sitting has a middle period and the sitting has an end to it like all other events of life yeah. and we want to live with this rhythm of the beginning, middle and end that takes place for some people the beginning for some people in the hall is very difficult the person can spend half the sitting looking for the perfect posture the risen one some people start off very well they're walking with quiet authority they sit down cross-legged or kneeling or on the chair all, all ready and, and a good start to something but can't keep it up there are people in the hall who are wonderful beginners but never follow things through can't keep steady right through to completion there are others who they get started and it's staying there and the, in that middle period so to speak of the sitting and staying steady uh, uh, with it but can't handle the last 10 or 15 minutes of, of the sitting and the mind is having trouble with the last period and with that um, troublesome agitation the pain starts to come in one is waiting for the gong one never believed in God in one's entire life and one is sitting in the meditation hall finding oneself praying to this non-God that one doesn't believe in for the sitting to be over and the gong to ring uh, there I think this is called anxiety God, the survival of God depends on our anxiety so there is the last it, it's humour, don't take it too literal please um, so the last period how are we in our daily life at dealing with an end how are we in our life able to allow things to come to completion or to bring something to a completion so a very sitting meditation uh, walking or standing uh, meditation can actually reveal to uh, us a lot about our life how are we at starting something are we full of doubt are we perplexed are we, well maybe I should, maybe it's the right time, etc. And we can't get something started. Are we uh, a person who gets into the flow of things, but just gets lost? Something beautiful and creative and imaginative, and, uh, or a relationship. But in the middle of it, one loses one's interest, one's focus, one's uh, attention. How are we at the end of things? 
And so there's the beginning, middle and end. Birth, life, death. There's also the beginning, middle and end of our meditations. Really, really give plenty of care and attention to the beginning, middle and end and find the wisdom with these uh, areas. Because life is a constant um, engagement with the beginning, middle and end. <coughs> Rather similarly, to and the same principle as well here with regard to uh, the walkings and the standing periods. Something to really uh, walk on the earth and to take 10, 15, 20 meters, whatever, and just walk and to say, I'm going to keep with this. No matter what my mind tells me, I'm just going to stay right, steady through it. And then the practice with the form brings about a certain composure a composure of our presence, a composure uh, of our authority, of our ability to stand tall on this earth, to be really, really uh, uh, present there. And then we have, with this, the formless periods. And what I mean by the formless times are those times uh, every day in which it's not so much about sitting, walking, standing and also the benefits of uh, the yoga practices or other um, mindfulness practices which one might start the day uh, with or develop during the course of the day also part of the form here but it's those times back to the beginning, middle and end here so sometimes it's the, the wake-up period in the, in the morning there. How are we as a human being when we wake up, the start of things? What are the first thoughts that arise uh, uh, for us? What's the energy uh, like uh, with us at the, the beginning? And, and some people, they, they will say to me, um, Oh, Christopher... Um, I'm, I'm not a morning person well, are you alive or are you dead what do you mean I'm not a morning person there. so sometimes the morning is a kind of dream a drift you're not dead but not far off it so can we start off the day and find a way at the beginning of the day to feel, well, this is a new day. Life is one day at a time. Let me not daydream. After all, it's a, it's a teaching of waking up. That's the key word here. It's a teaching of waking up. Let's see if that can start right from the start of the day for us. And then there's the middle period of the, of the day. So it would be good to look here. How is your relationship from wake up to breakfast? How is your relationship between breakfast and lunch, 12.30, the morning period? How is the relationship to the afternoon period? How is your relationship to the evening, like the food, to the sleep time? And if we take a real interest, it could be 
that certain habits and patterns for us may tend to come out more frequently at particular times of the day. We may be more moody in the evening, or we may have more energy in the evening, but we wake up feeling worried or anxious or depressed or whatever. So we're going to say, here are these four important periods of the day. Can I find a harmony of the energy and presence and aliveness that really flows through the four periods and if when know that one of those for some people one of those periods is a bit more difficult you know, some people they, the food is so so delicious have to keep making several pilgrimages back to the food table for uh, uh, more and then walk back and then find they feel so heavy so they have to have a long sleep and then there's the 2.30 uh, 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 sitting and just looking around for a wheelchair to get them down here uh, etc because the, the body hasn't digested all the food and then they say oh I'm so tired in the afternoon etc so the food time as part of the formless day here is, in a, is an important uh, time as well and there are kind of three essential principles with eating and it's a real mindfulness uh, uh, practice here one, and a, a really important one is what we eat clearly clearly I, um, just, uh, I have a blog and <coughs> uh, and in writing about uh, uh, on these issues I think a very fundamental question uh, which we need to ask ourselves is my health dependent on what is on the end of my fork is my health dependent on what is in my spoon is my health dependent upon what I pick up with my hands and put in my mouth smoking, alcohol, drugs, rubbish food, and all of that. Is this contributing to my in, uh, look at what, go, what the hand does in this important, one of the most important movements of life is from that to the mouth. This is going to take a lot of mindfulness when we have a, a billion people on this earth sadly, tragically, who are obese or uh, overweight when we have such high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, diabetes as a widespread epidemic and there's no point in trying to convince me it's genetic it's related to this coming to here that is the primary con concern and the number of times where it's something genetic I think is tiny, tiny it, it's really this relationship it's a terribly sad thing to see and it's going to need us to give a lot of love and care to each other uh, in this area and we, we need a, a, an education a helpful one when eating three considerations one is what we eat 
The second uh, is the amount that we eat. And the amount, what that means for us, is really leaving some space in the stomach. So the food can digest more easily and convert itself to energy and our health and support. And the third is the manner of the eating. And what is meant by that, as much as possible, that when we are eating, we chew the food well, and that food, chewing it well, is almost a liquid, by, and is a liquid by the time we swallow it. That puts much less pressure in the stomach area. It converts the substance of food to uh, the liquid form, it can flow and then convert itself into the uh, uh, energy and we've left the space within us for that to, be, to happen. And the other as an act of the spiritual and, and, and the reality uh, of things is to recognize equally as well just how much work goes and, uh, and human endeavor goes when you and I pick up an item of food. And I have a, what I call a biscuit meditation on the yatra with the uh, young children usually from small to eight or ten years of age. And I, I say to the children, where did the biscuit come from? Bless them. They say, oh, from the packet. I say, where did the packet come from? Oh, from the supermarket. And where did the biscuits, how did the biscuits get to the supermarket? Oh, they came in the truck. And how did the biscuits get to the truck? Oh, because they came from the factory. And how did they get from the factory? Oh, because the oat or the wheat and the, the sugar, whatever, was grown in the field, etc. And I said to the children, just how many people are involved just to be able to eat one item of food? What greater proof could we have of the interconnectedness uh, of things? And so sometimes as they're eating, we need to just have a moment or two of a little reflection of the number of beings that are engaged just for you to, and I to have the privilege to eat. Just to remind it's not just about me, it's about oneself participating and interconnecting with the world. Do make your meal times as important an experience for you as the time that you are in here. That's the time when you're engaged in your walking meditations. The meditations also <coughs> include the listening. And sometimes there is a point in the listening which, of course, the wish is for you, you know, obviously, to perhaps, if you just remember a single point in a talk. So, to take a small example here of what I have in mind. Is part of our practice there. That, so in the talk yesterday, there was an invitation to just see there is breathing taking place. There is just bodying, body life elements <coughs> taking place. There is just walking taking place. There are these feelings which are arising, staying and passing, taking place. And therefore, as the title of the talk said, to learn to see this is not me, this is not myself, this is not who I am. Just to see quietly and clearly there is this process. And though understandably the thought can arise, oh, I am seeing this, 
but sometimes even the eye can drop out of that as well and there, and therefore it's a non-self-seeing meaning there is seeing of this experience there is seeing of this stream of thoughts there is seeing that this body is evolving and changing and adapting and the process is going on and in that calm and clarity of just seeing in this way there is the potential to see a lot more when it's just oh I am seeing, I am seeing unfortunately the eye is often governed and ruled by the history we keep seeing in the same way there's a habit with the self of seeing in the same way so we are applying a quiet skillful means just to put so to speak the eye aside there is just the seeing and as mentioned today with the instructions seeing as clearly as possible this is arising this is staying and this is passing this is birth this is the middle period and this is death this is the end this is the coming this is the development and this is the completion and really bringing in the, the observing the mindfulness with the seeing of the beginning, middle and end it could be of the whole day it could be of a sitting meditation or walking uh, meditation when you come to the end of something I was just talking with the, the good team of us about this for myself when we come to the end of something quite often the mindfulness and this is one of the most important features of mindfulness is the ability as the Buddha pointed out to recollect to reflect to remember and quite often taking myself a moment here I'll uh, come to the end of something it could be a one to one with you it could be a group it could be the talk it could be in my meditation or whatever and I'll come to the end of it and then I'll turn my attention this is the mindfulness back to that experience with you or with myself or whatever and I have my notebook there and I'll just write down perhaps two or three words because I've heard something from you which is helpful for myself or listen to something in myself which is insightful or something in the nature has touched me and I just write a few words sometimes they become a poem sometimes I wish to remember that's the mindfulness again in its function of remembering to apply uh, there sometimes I give a talk I can make this clearer next time I speak to you I bring it in so what I'm saying to you here is you might come to the end of a sitting or walking period or meal period or whatever it is do give a moment or two anything important about that anything I might take a note of or just uh, remember so that we are really learning and getting some insights as, as, we, as we go along and that may be included in that that relationship of the present 
sorry, of the beginning, the middle, and the end. Yeah. All of this has one single purpose in uh, mind here. It is for your liberation. Liberation from suffering. Liberation from stress. Liberation from confusion. It is for yours now waking up to really have a, a sense. And in that expansion and waking up, there's a very simple confirmation that it is happening. There is much greater depth of happiness in your life. That's the confirmation. There is greater depth of love and friendship in your life. That is another confirmation. There is a greater capacity to deal with difficult situations in a clear, non-reactive way. That is a confirmation of waking up. Waking up is not in the abstract. It's an authentic, real experience, sorry, real insight and realisation in which our modest life with its heart and its mind and its cognition and its thought and its body it's a precious instrument and in waking up we can allow this extraordinary instrument called being a human being to be in service and we know what liberation is we know what freedom is and the being expresses it with happiness with peace of mind with love and friendship with the ability to handle challenging situations it really is worthwhile being deeply com committed uh, to this frankly is there an alternative let's have a quiet minute shall we thank you lives may all beings meditate on the important things of life may all beings live with love and liberation We have uh, 15 minutes together of uh, some sitting uh, meditation. The primary focus may be with uh, the breath, maybe with the, the whole of the body, maybe giving extra attention to. Uh, 
what the feeling is, and staying steady and true with that. 